0: Welcome back to the Peace so of Chaos my, podcast. This week my guest is the very silly, my, very deep, very fun, very kind, very yes, generous person, Alex Hooper. He is a comic, an author, a podcaster, a roast battle champion, AGT veteran, Alex Hooper. Super fun. Hope you enjoy the conversation. And thanks again for checking out Peace of Chaos.
1: The other reason why I don't think robots are going to kill us all Do you guys remember, six years ago, IBM built Watson. It was called the smartest computer ever built. It was designed to win Jeopardy, and it did. It beat all the smartest humans that had ever won Jeopardy, and people said, that's it, robots are smarter than humans. I don't think so. Watson cost $31 million to build. It won $40,000 on Jeopardy. That's the stupidest fucking robot
0: I've ever heard of. Yo, my friend. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can. Fantastic. Awesome. Great. What's new, my friend?
1: Oh, not too much. Just shucking and jiving, wheeling and dealing. All that good stuff I do all day before I go out at night, you know.
0: Nice. Nice. You've been busy. Yeah. You've been busy. Trying to be. I mean, you know, I'm doing this full
1: time now, so I got to create a lot of my own busyness. But uh yeah, I mean, I've been working. I've been doing a good amount of shows and uh trying to get other jobs here and there and, you know, just yeah. making it all
0: work. Nice. Yeah. And you're making a new record, huh? It's already made. Yeah. It drops February 25th. So,
1: uh, we're announcing it officially on Monday is the, uh, date of the, uh, announcement drop. Uh, where I'll share the, share the artwork and stuff like that. But then we go into hardcore promo mode, uh, pretty much right after that. So we can try to
0: push out these sales, man. (laughs) Congratulations, man. That's huge. Thanks dude.
1: Yeah. You you know, I remember talking to you when I did my first one, uh, you know, a few years ago and you were like, yeah, you really got to try to grow your social media if you really go in there. And I've been doing all that stuff.
0: Um, so always good. That's awesome, dude. Um, what, um, where did you do, where did you do the record?
1: Uh, shot it in Pittsburgh, the arcade comedy theater. I went to school there. So, and I hadn't been back to the city since. So I felt like what a good reason to soak up some of that beautiful Pennsylvania energy, a sentence no one has said ever in their lifetime. (laughs) Um, But it was great. I mean, really just walking around the city before I did my taping and stuff, it was just giving me so much life and vibrance and bringing me back to like how lost I was when I was Uh, there. And it felt so good to return in like this triumphant state, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, f- oh man, I didn't realize you had uh East coast, uh, roots at all or any kind of connection. That's interesting. Um, yeah, man, I'm
1: from Baltimore.
0: Right on, right on. Okay. Yeah. I think, I guess I knew that, but I didn't connect it to Pennsylvania, you know, like, um, well, no, why would you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. that's Went to dope. School there, though. Did you, yeah. um, so did you, when, when you saw it, right, you said you, you know, you were so lost when you were there, right. It's almost like, Did you see it differently this time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like, I mean, I went through some pretty turbulent years there and I was really starting to find my way, um, in my last year. And when I, basically when I left, um, it was starting to really make sense to me, like how I, the way I was going to try to live my life and the way I was going to learn how to be an adult and all those things. So going back to the city, um, also, I was a tour guide there. So I used to work on duck boats. You know oh, cool. you know what those yeah, yeah. are? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They really, I don't think they tour anymore because let's just say a lot of children died. <laughs>
0: um,
1: not in the Pittsburgh one where I worked, but in other ones. There were some accidents. It's weird that you put a multi-ton World War II vehicle in the water and then it, all of a sudden it sinks?
0: Come on! Oh, I was thinking of the swan boats like in Boston, but you're talking about no. the duck boats duck boats Not the, the, the military the boats. vehicles yeah the yeah.
1: actual world War, the amphibious yeah exactly yeah, they yeah, drive yeah. right into the water and drive back out yeah
0: those there were deaths i didn't know that that people died with those things i know that
1: philadelphia died. had a really bad one
0: That's it was right. like a boy scout troop or something and i think it was like
1: 17 people died mostly oh, children no. jeez uh, I I know it's, I mean, that is, I'm not even going to attempt to make a joke here because uh, even though they are flying through my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now that you say that, I kind of remember that now, but, uh, man, that sucks. But those are, I I mean, I've done the duck boat tour. That was like a big, like touristy thing. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I worked there when I, I did it for three seasons. Uh, I, I I always sound like a Vietnam that when I say this, but I was like, dude, I did 1500 tours, man, <laughs> all around that city. Uh, and it was, it was fantastic. I mean, it made me really fall in love with Pittsburgh as a whole mm-hmm. because Pittsburgh is a great city. I think it's very yeah. underrated. Um, it's beautiful there. The people are great. It's super affordable. There's yeah. a lot happening. It's a vibrant art scene, but um, I really did enjoy my time there. And so to go back there for such a specific reason to record an album,
0: it just, it felt really good. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I think you, uh, it's almost like, you know, if you've ever visited like your, your old kindergarten or something like that, like the, the desks look small, you're like, I don't remember the desks being small, like this tiny. Right. Like, um, and I think, you know, growing up and moving on, especially from a certain time in your life, like, that time of your life when you're trying to figure shit out. Um, you just see it so differently and, and approach it with this like Monday morning quarterback, like thing, you know, like it's just, it just looks and feels different and maybe you appreciate it so much. But I mean, yeah, I, I see, I've seen the cities that I spent a lot of time in, like when you revisit them, uh, it's, it's weird to get older and watch them change, you know, and, and be that, Oh, like when I was here, this was this, you know, it's just like, Oh my God, everybody does that. Like everybody just, that's just what you do. Um, I used to walk to
1: Point Park College six miles in the snow on my hands. You kids don't even know. We didn't even have TikTok. That's what a clock did.
0: Dude. I, I still like to this day, like, I always play around in my head with these time travel fantasies, right? Like, like if we could figure it out, like how would you do it? How would you, but not like in the sci-fi way, but the really tactical way, like what would it be? Like if you actually figured it out, like if you landed back in those days, right? Like so much shit is lost. Like I'd be like, well, I know I, I had a job then, like I was doing a retail job, but I would have no idea how to do that job anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the codes on the register and all that kind of stuff. Like Oh yeah. <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to actually like let's just say you, you time traveled back to high school, like or something like that. And it'd be like, man, you'd have to do high school again. Like you'd have to like practically like like it'd be so different. I was like, I don't even know what my bank account is like I don't know how to you know what I mean like y- you had no phone like you could like Jesus no and I think so about that hard people
1: always say like what if you could go back knowing then what you know now and I don't even want that experience because those years of struggle and disillusionment and depression were so important to get me to where I am now that even if I went back and had all the swag and confidence and everything they knew like where my life was going, where's the fun in that? I, I would never take away those types of years, even if they were horrible for me at the time, you know, you don't land where you are without having those types of experiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's such a paradox of, of, of time travel. Cause any change, you know, any change changes everything, right? Like, Yep. so yeah, it's really interesting, but like, and in the lore of time travel, the person who's time traveling, there's always something that is like, well, you can't bring the information with you that you learned. It's like, well, then why bother? Like, Right. We can't know? just
1: like back to the future to this thing <laughs> yeah. and win a bunch of money at the horse track and then, yeah. you,
0: you know, just become,
1: you know, leader of a conglomerate casino and destroy a town. That doesn't I mean, I don't want that either.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. I had a list of shit I wanted to ask you about uh, Uh because you have so much going on. And uh, I wanted to talk about the ending or it seems like you've uh, sort of announcing the ending of Achilles heel. And I want to hear, you know, what that process was like for you and and what brought you to that. And, and, you know, kind of. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that you officially said this is ending. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think.
1: What So, I mean, Achilles Seal was an amazing project. It was a podcast that I still fully believe in the concept and the work that we did in there. I mean, basically talking about all these horrific, dark things in our lives and trying to normalize our problems is still something I feel very deeply in. But I had done like 135 episodes and it, you know it was starting to get to a place where instead of going, yes, I could do a podcast today. It was, I got to do a podcast today. Hmm. And when people were starting, guests were starting to repeat topics. I mean, I can't believe I went through 135 with only like five or six repeated topics anyway, but more so I was just getting busy in other areas of my life and other facets of my career where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, doing my best to make space for this every week, but it's becoming more of a nuisance than it is an actual something that's servicing me. And I'm a big believer in you have to release something to open up space for other things. Mm -hmm. And I felt other things were about to happen for me and I could see them kind of matriculating. So I was like, you know, it's time to stop. I have to stop something. And the podcast was just the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know if number is one of those things where i'd like to think that if my numbers were a lot better i pro- probably wouldn't i probably would still be doing it but it, it had gotten kind of a little stagnant and um for whatever reason maybe i wasn't pouring enough attention into it as i used to mm-hmm. but when it hits a place where you just kind of plateau yeah. the motivation is more it's it's increasingly harder to find and so i was like man all these other things are doing so much for me right now and gotta let something go and yeah yeah. this was the first week where i didn't do one and even still like because normally monday it comes out that's my pot my instagram post for the day my twitter post all this other stuff and to not have that was like whoa what do i do yeah but yeah. also it was this beautiful relief at the yeah. same time took a lot of journaling to get me there of like do i stop this or not yeah. because part of me always was consistency is value and just keeping something up and releasing something every week that yeah. does it is does feel important and is like therapy for me yeah. but i'm just in a place where i'm doing really well and you know, maybe I'll bring it back one of these days. Yeah. They're pretty timeless episodes, which I'm proud of. You know, we're not talking about, yeah. you know, the news and shit. So right, anytime right. If somebody needs to hear a conversation on rheumatoid arthritis, yeah, get yeah. in there, dude. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty, you know, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, but, um, a result of this awakening people are having of pursuing things and, uh, I think it's, it's pretty beautiful. Like it's your thing. It was also self-directed. So you're putting that limit on yourself to be like, I must do this every week. Whereas, you know, is that, I think we've grown mature in some pocket of people that are into this culture of whether it's like art community, comedy community, um, podcast community, There's a there's a handshake going on here between you and your audience that is that is mutually beneficial, to the point where I think if especially with yours as vulnerable as that gets, you know the listeners understand exactly what you're saying. They're not like angry that you're stopping. They're like that makes total sense, and you know like I think it's a neat relationship that we're able to build that was never really there before. And, and the key is just, it's, it's it's all just like find your people. Right. And, and like you said, those are timeless episodes that will always be there referring. And you have that, you built that brand or whatever of, of that thing. And you want to come back. There it is. That's the beauty. Of and it, right? the other Yeah. And the other thing is like, it taught me so much about
1: listening to other people and about like how to relate to people's problems. And also it just strengthened my relationship with 135 people. You know, when you talk intimately for 90 minutes about some of these subjects, it's impossible to not feel infinitely connected to them at the end of that. And I think anyone who listen to these episodes and anyone who was a guest on the show definitely it it always felt very cathartic to just speak about these things that for the most part people (laughs) don't want to talk about because they don't want to seem weak or vulnerable (laughs) or maybe they're just scared to actually admit what is going on with them but (laughs) i think no matter what the episode was they were so relatable in theme, um, of just, you know, strength and integrity and passion. I mean, I could go on about this forever. And I mean, that's the thing is I, you know, calling my audience healers is really felt appropriate. Like we were all healing every single week. We listened to that and I know how much it did for me as a person. So, and I know that there are other listeners out there who got so much out of it. Cause I mean, sure. they've told me they have. Yeah. So I, ho- I just hope that the relationship was strong enough that they know I'm not like abandoning them or anything like that. I'm just, t- I'm just stopping one project so I can move on to others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's great. I, I think it's really cool. I, I'm- thanks for indulging my question. Cause I, you know, I was like, it's because I, I, I like you have found that podcasting is is very different when you commit to it uh, on a regular basis, um, whether it's a responsibility or or obligation you've laid out before yourself without anyone asking you to. In in a lot of ways, right? Um, yeah. At at you know, at this level, I mean, it's not a production that was planned and it just is what it is you decided to do it and how beautiful is it that you can do that right so uh, yeah and the other thing is like so louis anderson just died um and
1: uh i didn't realize this quote was attributed to him because i had heard it through other sources but Mm -hmm. i guess it was one of his things where he said like if you want to do something and you're not sure if you should do it or not do it 100 times Mm -hmm. and if you and if you do it a hundred times, you'll know whether or not you want to keep doing it. So I look at it. I was like, I didn't stop after 14 episodes and go, this isn't working. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know, that's the thing is I I hit that number mm-hmm. and I, I didn't think I would stop to be honest with you, but things happened. Yeah. Things came up and you got to be adaptable, especially in this business. You got to be, know when it's time to say, Hey, <clears throat> Other areas need me right now more than
0: this does. Do you think you'll be a man without podcast for a while, like that kind of thing, or or like, yeah, for a while? I'm asking specifically because of what it does do, regardless of if you have a targeted topic or or not, or you know, the obligation of it. The like, and I think I was really excited to hear your kind of expression of the freedom because I have a similar a uh, story with an, another project i worked on where it's just like you didn't realize how much it consumes of you until it's gone and then you're just like wow like that was a lot and yeah how do i fill up that space again uh almost like equitably or or in something that moves forward to take up the space. Right. Cause you know, I, I don't, one of the things I don't want to lose is those is the conversation, yeah. right. Is just like every
1: having a 60 to 90 minute conversation with another person every single week is that's what humans are supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be communicating yeah. like that. It's yeah. not supposed to be short form text through emojis and things. We're supposed to be like looking at each other and speaking honestly and even just that like that's what i tell people ask me a lot of times why i like podcasting and i'll ask them straight up when was the last time you talked to someone for an hour without looking at your phone and mm-hmm. most people go i've never done that in my life
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like and i'm like right well i do it every single week about very real issues and that just leads to To me being a better human, me understanding people so much more, me looking at someone who's going through turmoil and giving them space, but also knowing how to help if I can in some way. And all of that is invaluable. The lessons I take away from all my episodes of Achilles heel, I I am such a better person now than when Mm. I went into it.
0: That's dope. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm sure yeah. so, so are the listeners and the guests. I mean, that's that's the idea, right? So, um, Hope so. So I wanted to also talk to you about, you know, I think between the time, my timeline's all over the place, dude. This pandemic's been bananas. Sure <laughs> you Not be yours, but, yeah, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> um, somewhere over the course of the last year or two since we talked, I think, you had some more um, open public, um, I don't know. I saw more posts about you becoming and being and living the life of a headliner now and that shift that's occurred for you. And and I just kind of wanted to hear a little more on that from you and like, like, how's it going? And like, what's different, what, what, you know, like your expectations obviously around that, you know, amazing accomplishment. Um, but reality yeah. always is different, right? But that's the Reali- beautiful thing.
1: Reality right? is different because here's the thing. When people when people think about, whoa, look at L. Alex's tour dates. Look at him. He's going on the road. He's going nonstop, city to city to city. What they're picturing in their mind is these sold out clubs, name on the marquee, like people are waiting in line to take photos, buy merch. Like the place is buzzing, right? And the reality is... I'm very far away from that for the most part. I'm doing these gigs that I am going on the road. I am headlining. I'm traveling. I'm doing 45 minutes to an hour on almost every show. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them are, you know, the people, the audiences are small or maybe they don't know who you are yet. Some of them do. Some of them don't. You're performing at weird places like, you know, haunted mansions Mm -hmm. and weird like back rooms of strip clubs clubs or wherever the hell things are happening. And it's, and a lot of it is happening for, you know, on door deals or, um, you know, guarantees that aren't that huge. And so you're trying to make these things work and pull in money as much as you can from each gig. But the reality is sometimes you show up and I'm like, how many tickets did we sell? And they're like 14. And you're like, fuck dude. Like that's hard. Because you want to think that you are, you have more pull than that or just that, just, but especially touring during a pandemic, I became a headliner about a year before the pandemic. So I had a good year of touring, you know, getting into some bigger clubs and stuff like that. But the fact of it is most people, if they don't know who you are right now, they're not just going out to the comedy club. Right. They're not just saying, Oh yeah, baby, let's get a babysitter. Let's yeah. pay for parking. Let's go by dinner because we don't know who this person
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: just not, ha- that's not, that's not happening. Yeah. So it's, It's a beautiful shift and it's one that I am so honored to be able to say that I am at a point where I am headlining and that people are bringing me in and they're trusting that I will put on a good show. But that's the one thing that never suffers is the show. I don't care how many people are in the audience, whether it's 500 or it's seven, Mm -hmm. I am going to perform my face off to show that I am happy to be there and I am happy that you're there. I can't stand listening to people who are like, man, there's only 10 people out there. I don't don't really care. I'm just going to go out there. Just bullshit. It's like, but they're there. Yeah. Those, I look at those gigs as these are 10 people who in two years, when you are selling out that club, those 10 people are going to have this special tie to you where they, this tether that says I was there when there were only 10 people and now look, and they get to feel special because of that. And I get to feel special. So Talk
0: about time it's, travel,
1: right? Exactly. Dude, the, yeah. the, the, Every all of my hard shows on this tour uh, uh, the, that I toured through in the past like 12 months, and I had beautiful experiences too. So many traveling to these gorgeous locations, having fun with my openers and my friends, yeah, getting to yeah. go to all these new states and places. But I would tell myself constantly, in two or three years, you're going to look back at this and laugh so hard that you couldn't sell tickets here or the guarantees were taken away from you because you weren't didn't have enough pre-sales like you're just gonna look back and just go like were you why were you ever freaking out why were you worried and that's my main thing matt is i really try to like i try to just look at this all as a part of the journey am i living a life of a professional comedian hell yeah i am And that's that that doesn't mean you get to start at sold out clubs and theaters and things like that. That's not how it works. And anyone who thinks it does work that way, you've got another thing coming. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a build. It's a long, slow, arduous, but hopefully very fun build.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean. It's, it's, it's both inspiring and, and all it's all inspiring and inspiring. You know, not only are you pursuing it at the level you're pursuing it, you are dedicated and amazing. And I've seen you just like you said, like I've seen you in a shitty bar competing with a turtle race and there's three people in the room and you're killing it. Like I get it, dude. Shout out to
1: Brennan's. Yeah. You're a badass, (laughs) but,
0: but, um, you know, the thing is, is that you also got to be on TV in front of millions of people. And that also doesn't give you a free pass to like getting your shit together. Like it's, it's amazing to watch and so fun. And I think you're absolutely right. Like that, that little like spark of like, you know, we, we saw him when there was only 10 of us there. Remember that show? And and he still was great. Like that is, that is when all you have to do is keep going. Yeah, you have to yeah. do is keep going, right?
1: That's one thing I really noticed this year because of the pandemic was when I was touring, most of the people that were at my shows were there to see me, which was a big change. It yeah, used to yeah, be like, yeah. oh, we're bringing in this comedian and his name's Alex Super and people would just kind of show up because they trust the venue or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now, there may have only been 22 people in there. But 19 of them were there specifically because I was there. And that was when you feel that for the first time, you go, whoa, okay, things are working. And it's not. The 80s anymore. You don't get one late night set where you crush it in those five minutes and your whole life turns around. I was on, you know, America's Got Talent is one of the biggest platforms in the world. I was on it for three different performances. And even still, I'm struggling to sell a ticket. Mm -hmm. Like it just. You know, it doesn't, is it, I'm so proud of what I did on that show and I, I, it has given me so much, but it doesn't, it's not a free pass. Like you said, it's not, you think it's going to be, that's, that's what I try Mm. to tell people that I'm like, look, (laughs) whatever you think it's going to be, take it with a grain of salt, enjoy that you get to be doing it, but don't go quitting your job and like, you know, tossing caviar in the air through in your shower. It's going, Oh, everything's going to be easy now because (laughs) it's not the way it is. And you know, one of the biggest struggles of when I became, when I quit, unemployment and I quit my job and everything else and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this comedy thing work. It it changes you because Mm -hmm. now you have to, I have to wake up every single day and think, how am I going to make money as an entertainer today in this comedy world? I need to have a bunch. It can't be one source anymore. There's not one job. So how how many sources can I pull from and how much work can I do on an individual level every single day to make sure that money is flowing to me from Mm -hmm. a variety of sources so that, I don't freak out. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah, that's the. I can only imagine. Like, dude, I was lucky. I say, I not. not I will No, I, I have been lucky. But I worked my ass off at my regular day job for 12 years, going in yeah. every single day without complaining and doing my work so I could save enough money in a bank account for one day when I could make this transition, knowing that it would not be just the smoothest thing in the world of just right. one to the next. Right. And you have to build something like that. So there are years when people were like, why are you still working Universal? And I'm like, I have my reasons. You'll plan. see. And right now? thank God I did not quit that job sooner because yeah. I don't, I I would be living in fear yeah. that I was going to run out of money or where's it going to come from. The last thing I want at this point is to have to go back and get another job, yeah. a regular job. I don't, I, I'm not going to, Yeah, I'm not.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason that you should at all. Like, and at the same time, like, I don't know, I'm always thinking of like, other things you can do too, like, and, and like, what else, what are you not hitting on? And I don't know everything that you're, that you're doing or planning to do, but like you said something really interesting, which is now people are more than ever showing up for you at at a show, even if it's small numbers, it doesn't matter. You don't need everybody. Right. So, and this layer of complication that we've had that seems to be lifting, I think hopefully uh, around, like you said, people making a decision to go to a comedy club is now currently has this layer of like, well, do we have our vax card or are we going to argue with them at the door? Or do we have to wear a mask? Like, do I need to present anything like all that bullshit? Do I have to go get tested first? That's a huge hurdle. I'm
1: not going if I have to wear a condom, I'll tell you that
0: right now. <laughs> it's like, that's a huge hurdle to put in front of an already very difficult to drag people to event, right? Like, how many you're a headlining touring professional comedian? How many times do you meet somebody at a show and they say, "This is my first comedy show, first time at a show." So club?
1: often, and it right? is a what a fucking honor, dude! Right? I tell everyone. I every time they tell me that, I I ask them if I can give them a hug. I used to just give it to them. Now yeah. I ask because yeah, yeah, people yeah. are different. Um, yeah. But I ask them and give them a hug, and I and I and I say usually two things: one, I'm so glad it was me that popped your cherry, and two. It's going to be so much worse from this point on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but no, I mean, I really like, I mean, dude, that is, that fills me with so much joy um, that I, I am the one that did it. And I think America's Got Talent was a big part of that because so many of the people that watch that show aren't necessarily stand-up comedy fans, mm-hmm. right? The show, right, right, but right. that show brings in a different audience, which is good and bad because a lot of them are not comedy fans, so it doesn't help you as much as you think it's going to, right. but it introduces you to a lot of people that otherwise would have no reason to ever go see
0: you. Yeah, And that is very fulfilling. You know what? It, it reminds me a little bit in a weird way. Just when you said that, like you've been to the place in, uh, the mall of America, that gigantic mall, right? And the, I've actually, I've actually never been to Minnesota, but, okay, so, um, but I,
1: I mean, I know what it is. Obviously.
0: Okay. So in the middle of the mall, there's a comedy, a comedy club, like a big comedy yeah, it's a club. house of comedy, house yeah. of comedy. And like you have this thing that could be, especially, I think, from an AGT level and a, and a general touring thing where like you would get people just, it strikes me that comedy clubs are sometimes in the wrong place. Like the fact that it's in the mall and you're walking by and you're like, Oh look, that that's the guy from AGT. Let's go. It's 20 bucks. Like, like that's way better than having it kind of isolated in a spot and you have to do all the things that you said, like, uh, you know, plan more in advance and all that stuff those are the advanced comedy watchers is what i'm saying like the improvs and the, and the this the places that are specifically for a comedy club I don't know. I'm arguing against myself at this point. I I, I,
1: I hear both arguments to be honest with you, because a lot of people like, God, it's in a mall, all these chooches that just are just out there buying knickknacks for whatever reason. They're the ones coming to the shows. They're only going there because it's next to a Chili's or whatever. Whereas the other ones, it is more specific that you have to go to this place and seek this thing out. It's not just in your face with you walking by. Oh, look who's here this weekend. Yeah. I see both of it personally. Like, I mean, I I really enjoy when a comedy club is at least in a downtown or populated area yeah, yeah. because I've been the ones where it's like <laughs> way out in the boonies. And yeah. like, dude, those few days you like, yeah. I just don't even know what to do with myself. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Like, I'm just sitting in the hotel or the condo, like just like idling time, trying to figure out like, what can I do to not go insane right here? Yeah. I thrive. I'm an extrovert. I thrive yeah. on experiences on people. I will walk around the city for 10 hours on the day of a show, yeah. just yeah. like, Taking it, in, taking it in, you know?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, in my mind, every single one of those mall lineups is killers and you'll never see a bad show, but I know that's not the reality of it, you know? So yeah. Point taken like, yeah, you don't just want like free, you don't want to paper the room. That's no fun either. But I was just like, man, if people only knew what was going on and this is, it, it needs to be more of an available outlet of entertainment beyond, you know, like it shouldn't be so niche. It's weird that people have never done it, and they're in their forties, their fifties. They're just like, oh, yeah, I never went to a comedy club. It's like, how did you not? It's so fun. I know, well, you know, you know, it's funny, you just brought up a really interesting point about like, I was,
1: when I was on the on tour, especially like this past year, I was like begging them to paper the room. I was like, please <laughs> give out free tickets. Yeah, please yeah. put more bodies in here. Do whatever you can. And but the thing is now, the entire model of how to pack a comedy club has shifted. Yeah. And they really like, I mean, I know for a fact, you can never have been on stage, get a big following on TikTok, and then you can sell out an improv. Hundred percent. You can get over over a comedian that's been doing it for fifteen years that will one hundred percent go in there and kill it with original jokes and material. But yep. if people don't know who they are, if that TikTok person has five million followers and you don't, yep. the club is looking for the buck, and I don't. I, you can't rail against that, but it yeah. is very difficult because now where it used to be, it used to be that people trusted their comedy club. We know that this club is going to bring in great talent, whether we know who they are or not, yeah. they're going to bring people and it's going to be a fun show. No matter what weekend I go now, that's not the case anymore. They yeah. go, who's going to sell out our, especially after a pandemic when everybody needs money, who's going to sell this thing out with yeah. us doing the least amount of work on our end yeah, and that's tough because what am I supposed to say? Like,
0: well, <laughs> yeah. the the answer is all of it. You have to do it too. Like the fact that an yeah. unknown bad comic can become, you know, have millions of followers on TikTok. You should too, and then you will have the same leverage. Plus, you'll be a great comic because, as you know, if you go to the show and maybe they're great on TikTok, but on stage it's garbage. I'm not saying, I, I'm not even, I don't know any specifics. I'm just guessing. Like, if you haven't been doing comedy that long, unless you're Dave Chappelle, you're not good for a while. Like, right. you know what I mean? So, um, I also feel your experience that isn't that good. It's unsustainable. Yeah. Because you, you, yes, you go to the comedy show because you followed him on TikTok and you either come out saying, holy shit, that was amazing, or, that was terrible. I might unfollow them on TikTok, you know what I mean? Right. So like, and that's it. my thing is this. Is anyone is I've built a following
1: very slowly, like one by one basically, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. To yeah. get to like where I am on Instagram, I have like 10,000 or whatever. But the thing is all those people when somebody blows up overnight on an app, all those people they got are just looking for the next thing as well. It's not even the fact that they might not be able to perform in the venue that makes it unsustainable. What makes it unsustainable is all those followers that you got in a very short time are just looking for the next one. And that's, and that's not, that is one thing I am proud to say is that hasn't happened to me. Whereas I've really tried to build organically by being myself and just by doing a great job and being, and being authentic so that, if you if you come to me and you want to leave tomorrow, that's okay. But like a lot of the people, they realize I'm worth staying with because I am, yeah. I, I have a positive message. I am silly and funny and unique, and I'm and I am growing every yeah. single day. I want people to get something out of following me
0: yeah.
1: and not just be, you know, more so something that actually helps you throughout yeah. your life. It's yeah. very important. I don't know when I became this like positivity, like. <laughs> optimism like whatever you know but like it really when i got there i realized like this is really the calling of like yes i'm gonna be a fucking roasty asshole and you know talk about degrading things on stage and things that make you go ew gross and shit like that but at the same time i'm gonna fill you up with joy and enthusiasm just by you being around me
0: yeah yeah no i mean i as far as long as I've known you, you've been that dude, whether you knew it and talked about it or not, and that's pretty amazing. And I just, like, as you said, I just forgot. Like you were roast battle, like dude. There's so much like impressive, impressive yeah. stats, you know. So like you, I'm you, a you are ready for whatever happens. Like that's the cool part. Is like it's just all up, you know. It's all up. Well, you know, that's one of the things I, like, I journal every day.
1: And one of the things I, I, I write more often than not is I'm ready. I'm open. I've done the work to get myself here. So mm-hmm. whatever opportunity comes in, I'm not afraid of it. And I know I can capitalize on it. Yeah. And I think that's very, very important is like, yeah, a lot of these people that are going to, a, a lot of these people that are going to social media stars that are going to blow up very quickly, they're not going to know what to do when shit, hits the fan and man Matt I mean you've seen shit hit my fan and spray all over the (laughs) fucking room dude I have laid there covered in feces for a long time with no way to clean it off and you soak in it and you learn how to get rid of that smell eventually (laughs) so it doesn't stick to you so people will still want to be around you
0: yeah yeah it's it's um it's crazy, dude. I, and I, I think that, you know, coming into and out of a pandemic, like one of the things that that I, I'm searching for to try to figure out is like, just like any other suffering is just like, well, you can't do anything about it now. So what did we get? What do we get out of it? Like, you know, and, and I have this, I've had this amazing experience of being able to be with my family this whole time, like sequestered, like time with little kids, like put my son to bed every night for almost two years. Like amazing. Amazing. Yes. Right. So like there's a lot of good stuff that came out of this. And some of it is like this idea of connection. I think there's something to this idea of connection and the, the birth, if like the, the, the recognition of real connection and long form conversation becoming a viable sustainable means of, of sustaining yourself as an artist. And I think that's amazing. I don't know if like, what, what, what do you think? coming out of this because what are you going to do bitch about the pandemic at this point it's like it's what happened exactly it's like i
1: i understand if you didn't if you couldn't take this opportunity to like learn a new skill or something like that i get that a lot of people have obligations they have to figure out how to take care of their family how to make money all that stuff but if you're not coming out of this with some deeper level of appreciation that's when i feel like you haven't really thought about it enough like you, every, we, we all learned that everything can be stripped away from us at any point and that what really matters is those that are around us and those that we feel closest to and what truly brings us happiness. And if you're not leaning into that at this point, I don't know what else we can do to teach you that lesson. Like the universe basically said, hey, everyone. <laughs> yeah you're about to learn a lot about yourself and about humanity as a whole. Mm. And we've all had people in our lives that have gone the other way and have freaked out and not been able to handle this. And it's been very unfortunate, but I've seen a lot more people and maybe because it's the circles that I run in, but I've seen a lot more people take this and go, holy shit, I have not I've been taking everything for granted. Mm -hmm. I need to work harder. I need to do more of the things that I want to do. I need to stop waiting for things to happen. And I need to make them happen. And, you know, when I always tell people, when people say, how is your pandemic or whatever? I was like, you know, I had a great one, relatively speaking, because it's all relative, right? I mean, nobody, I wouldn't, when people are like, dude, this was the best two years of my life. I'm so glad it happened. That ain't me. I am not glad that this happened. However, Mm -hmm. I accept that it happened. I surrender to it. So now in this new reality, how can I be my best self and become the ultimate version of what I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. with all these exterior circumstances taken away
0: from them? Yeah. 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 It's. we, We went deep. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's that's where I was trying to figure out is like, y- y- there will be a point when we're not t- needing to talk about this every day, but I don't think anybody can completely put it in their rear view and have time traveled past it and be like, oh, thank God everything's back to normal. Because every single interaction to me, and maybe this will wear off a little bit, but every single interaction with another person in, in person has become, I don't know, infinitely more interesting Yeah. to me in a lot of ways, like to your point, like being able to appreciate that it's happening, you know what I mean? Like, boy, I'm glad we can do this again. Like, right. You know, We're different. I about. mean,
1: you know, I wonder when somebody will reach out to shake my hand and I won't think twice about it. You know, like these little things that we've gotten, like, like, just like, you know, like I said, I'm a hugger. Right. But now I have to ask permission to say hey is it okay if i give you a hug i feel like i'm on like a list or something like yeah. that like i have to knock on my neighbor's door because i just moved into the neighborhood be like hi i am a uh, hug offender i just need <laughs> you to know i'm supposed to tell you that i now live here like yeah. you know, it's it's a weird thing to now you know touch somebody in any way and think ooh should i wash my hands ooh yeah. was that yeah. good yeah. but I don't know when that is necessarily going away. And I know for a lot of people, it never will. Hmm. You know, I think it's up to us as individuals uh, to really get, if we're going to get past this, It is going to happen as a society, but it needs to happen on an individual level where everyone needs to come to terms with their own level of comfort. And if you're a person who, you know, are never are never going to leave the house again, I feel sorry for you. But that is your choice. You know, if you're the Zoom comedy is kind of still here if you really need it, you know, it's it's a weird but it's a weird place to be for like, I'm sure you have friends too, that you just are like, I'm not going out to a restaurant. What are you insane, Matt? Like, and you're like, it's not, well, I mean, but what are you going to do? Stay inside forever. And they're like, yeah, "Yeah." that's okay for some people. That was never okay
0: with me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm somewhere in between. I, I I like it. I like knowing I can do it, but sometimes I also like to do nothing and stay and and turtle up, you know, but just the freedom of being able to do it is something I think to your point, we all took so for granted, you know, to just be like, Hey, let's go grab coffee. Like, boy, we couldn't do that for a long time. That was frowned upon. And even now it's like, well, does the place need a mask? Cause then I can't see your face anyway. Like it's, it's very interesting in California specifically, maybe Los Angeles, San Francisco, more than anywhere else, uh, have really locked it, down. And, and, you know, I can't say I disagreed with a lot of it throughout the whole thing. I was kind of like just trying to figure it out, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little better about all of it now. And, you know, we're all seeing that, well, Restaurants have been open for a while and I think we're okay. And like uh, outside seems okay. You know what I mean? Like as we, you got to think about your
1: kids going to school and everything too. I mean, how bizarre was that when all of a sudden they were like, Hey, kids are going back to school. I'm sure there was a, I'm sure there was like a, a dichotomy happening inside you. That was both relief and a little bit of fear. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, all the all the emotions have become more and more present where I feel like if if you tell me at the beginning of the day, you were laughing hysterically and by noon you were crying. <laughs> I'm not I'm not like you're bipolar. I'm like, no, you're going through a pandemic. You're you know, we all have our things, yeah. but it's not you know, <laughs> we all we all realize that like one thing I realize is it's like, yes we have to take care of ourselves, but we also really have to look out for the people that are around us that maybe haven't done the work to understand what they need on an individual level, because a lot of people haven't really taken the time to do that. Mm. And that's one thing that like Achilles heel taught. One of the things major things it taught me was how to be okay with myself and how to love myself. But if you ask a hundred thousand people, how many of them love themselves, I think you're going to get 99,000 no's, Mm. (laughs) you know, about it. So we're still a long way away from being where we really need to be to like teach people confidence, self-love and just caring for others. Yeah, man. Crazy. Isn't it though? But it's all still part of the fun. Every day we wake up and we don't know when it's all gonna go away. Another (laughs) volcano in the middle of the ocean's coming, everybody. Like whatever it may be. I'm just I kind of live in that life of like, I'm not afraid of death or anything like that. I don't want to die, but I'm not afraid of it because I just accept that life life is what we get. And so if I if I don't wake up every single day going, well, how can I make the most of this? Then that's on me. That's a hundred percent on me and I need to be, uh, so that's what I try to, you know, kind of preach a little bit through my social media, my shows, whatever is like, dude, live, live your life and don't wait for something better to come because like, we don't know if we get another round of this or not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think we do though. I, I really think like that, that, but there's, I was, I was actually oddly thinking about this the other day in directly like, okay. So if reincarnation happens, right. So it goes from the moment of death to the moment of birth. That's the one question. Like, did they bother putting, did you see the movie soul, the Disney movie soul? I haven't
1: seen it No, I've heard great things, but I've not seen it. It's incredible.
0: It's incredible. But, but like, it's, it's a model, right? It's a model of this is how it works. Right. Do you bother going into a baby, you know, with, with the soul to like, go through that whole thing again? Can you bring your memories with you? Like, these are all the questions, almost like time travel. It's like the reincarnation thing. It's this thing hanging out there. Cause uh, Thich Nhat Hanh uh, passed away recently. And he had said this thing about like, he won't be gone for long, right? Like his spirit won't be gone for long as if he'll be back in some way, shape or form. And you may not know, not know what it is. And maybe it's just in everything. Maybe it's in the tree you're looking at, you know, like that kind of idea, which is Yeah. Beautiful idea. But I know you love dogs and I'm just rambling now, but it's just like, there's gotta be like, do you come back as a dog? Do you come back as an evolved being? Do you get another, like, it's just so interesting to think about because, you know, it also means the goal is to be as good as you can be here now. So you learn as much as you can. So you're set up for the next time in a way. Right.
1: I would like to think that, you know, I, I, no, don't <laughs> apologize. I, I love talking about this shit. Um, I would like to think that, yes, I have. I went through all my pains as a child um, because of something in a past life or whatever. And that, I, and that I have evolved to be a greater soul within me. Right. Like it's that whole thing of like, you don't you don't. You, you don't have a soul and are uh, you, you have a body you are a soul or you are a soul that has a body you're not a body that has a soul and i firmly believe all that stuff and i also right, i'm right. me- energy and matter cannot be created or destroyed so if i am this insane Ball of energy where is that going to go is it going is it all going right. to go into the same thing is it going to get dispersed amongst many things like and i know that somewhere in there is a piece of whatever alex super is now will go into the next thing did yeah. it start from it and it must have started from thousands of years ago if energy can't be created or destroyed it must be in there it must have come from somewhere and you know so it now has formed this insane dirty mop look of a person who goes about gallivanting and being a silly rainbow idiot and who knows what it will be when it all uh disintegrates and accumulates together again you know Like, if I was a dog, that'd be great. If I was a Venus flytrap, that'd be great. You know, if I'm a rock, okay, I'll be a rock for a while. That seems cool. At least I'm (laughs) solid, you know, I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, make me me whatever you want, dude. I don't care. Like, I want to experience everything. I like... There's a theory of God that um, I think it's an Alan Watts theory that says every single person and thing is God trying himself out in a different form. So when you see this person like at the bank and they're yelling at a teller, go, oh, that's God seeing what it's like to be a piece of shit. You know, (laughs) okay, cool. That person they're they're all just God just working itself out, trying to, you know, trying to see where they land. And I'm not, I've never been a religious person, but I like the idea of connectivity and oneness like that. I wholeheartedly believe in. So I try to just be as good as I can while I'm here, because I now understand that that's the best way to go about having this life that we have been gifted.
0: Yeah. certainly seems that way. Right. Like, uh, thinking about the, the next one or the previous one or all of that kind of stuff is, is just like an interesting thought experiment. You can't let yourself kind of spiral out on, but like it's such an aspirational, uh, thought process. And it seems to be pretty prevalent in certain uh, religions and, and, and texts and things like that, which is, which I just find really fascinating, but I wonder if it's because it's the hope is that what you said, energy can't be destroyed. So it's just different forms, you know, like just taking on different forms, like everything at Taco Bell is made from the same exact thing. It's just, yep. manifests it's, it's cheesy
1: or it's both. You're not getting anything else.
0: <laughs> oh man. So, um, we started with your record and recording in Pittsburgh and, and we got here. So, um, what was what was it how many did you do one shot take do you want to talk about like what the record is oh sure it went down or yeah i mean well so so i was supposed to record this
1: album in april of 2020 it was all scheduled still in pittsburgh i was doing a run of shows leading up to it um obviously we know why that didn't happen so this this got delayed a year and a half from when wow. it was supposed to, and in that time, I I let it change. You know, yeah. uh, I I I I became a different person therefore my record had to be different. There were some bits that um, I laid out in other forms. I did that special from London, like that travelogue documentary. Some of the bits went in there so that I, thank you. So I didn't put them on this album just because I was like, well, I'm not connected to them as much anymore. They did land somewhere, they didn't disappear forever. Other ones were like, no. I have to like get this bit out because I love it. And I'm also tired of doing it, but I don't want it to disappear into the ethosphere forever. There was a bit, I did an hour. I did. I ran the hour in LA before I took it on tour to record this album. And I remember there was this one bit where my fiance was like, I cannot believe you're still doing that bit. And I was like, because I never it was supposed to be gone a year and a half ago. Like yeah, yeah. it's like, but I can't let it go. It needs yeah. to it needs to get laid down. Yeah. And so it just um I did two, you know, I did a two-week tour uh leading up to it that was nonstop. Every single day I was running the hour once, if not twice. I did a ton of shows before that, just figuring it all out, the order, what's gonna make the final copy. And then yeah. I did two sets uh in Pittsburgh. I did two sets on the same night, and I'm really glad I did because the audiences, they they weren't just giving it to me. You know, wow. I had about 30 in the first, 35 in the first one, 45 in the second show. Small okay. theater only holds 60 people anyway. Yeah. But a lot of these people were people that didn't know who I was. Hmm. And so it took some time to warm up. And I'm glad, I'm actually glad that it's not just a murder session. Because right, sometimes right. I listen to an album, and I'm like, really? Even <laughs> that killed as hard as your closer did. Like that's yeah, not there yeah. should be waves and give and take mm-hmm. of the the levels, the dynamics of it. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that I worked with a great label, a special thing. They did my first album as well. Yeah. And they were, you know, they take care of all the recording process and uh, putting it out as you need to. So you can just focus on doing the show. Yeah. And it felt so cathartic to, have to record it. Um, it big relief. Um, and then uh, now that it's coming out, I get to experience that joy again. You know, there's whenever you whenever you create something, there's joy in the process of creating it. uh, And then that goes away for a while while you're like tightening it and refining it. And then there comes a joy of releasing it. And then because you get to relive it all over again. But especially in this day and age, you get like a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Of that feeling. Keep going. Yeah, And then what are you doing now, buddy? And I already look, I already have other projects in the works knowing that this was going to come out and I would only get this experience for a week. You can't live on what you last did for that. You know, that has a very short shelf life, especially in this day and age when people are just sucking down content as fast as can be. I mean, Jesus Christ. When you watch a show that has been off, for a year. Like I just restarted watching Ozark, you know, yeah. the new season of it. And I'm like, and we're sitting here on the couch going, we got to watch a recap because I don't even remember what the show's about anymore. I see yeah. a yeah. soccer coach. What are they doing? Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, yeah. because in that time, since that's gone away, we've had over a year of pandemic content, which is a lot Our brains can only handle so much and most people they're going to listen to this album. They're going to, and they're going to go great, funny. And then they're just going to shelf it and it's not going to come out again for a very long time. And that's not sad. That's reality. And you know, if they, if they bought it and listened to it, or even if they just stream it, that's still a win. And hopefully a, a number of those people stick with you and go, I really like this guy. Let's see what he does next.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because like the the relationship is different because like back in the day when I was a little kid, a f- fan of comedy, you got the record, you listen to the record a hundred times, you know, like you memorize it, whatever. I think people will still do that. A small selection of people will still do still do that. But the average consumer, the 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 friction between them getting the content doesn't mean they have to go to a store. They don't have to put out any money. They don't have to take any plastic wrap off. They don't have to like, Do you remember tapes at the store? You'd have that big like Horse. contraption on them to take them off. You could like, so people wouldn't steal them and stuff. And then you just got long coat pockets. Um, that, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no, no barrier. So the the fact that it would stick around, like that you would put in an album. I mean, it makes the case for getting vinyl made or getting, something made because I mean, Christ, have you bought a record lately? Like vinyl records are like $35 a piece. So like, yeah. You know, if you can afford to press vinyl, it's probably a, a worthwhile thing for the collector, for people that like that kind of shit. But, um, comedy it's not, is an interesting one.
1: We don't do what we, you know, it used, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, a new album came out or a new tape came out or whatever. That's what you listen to for the next three weeks a month. Yeah,
0: yeah, That was it.
1: You walk out the door with your, I remember having a disc man, like, you know, getting that when I was like 11 years old, needing a big ass pocket, like you said, to put this entire CD player in it. But when I left the house every morning, the soundtrack is the same until I buy a new album, because I'm going to listen to that thing to death. I'm going to know it in from front to back. If you put on track nine, I'm going to know exactly what it is. And that's, I really tried to make this not just a cohesive album but an album that builds on itself. So mm. it keeps growing and getting bigger and bigger and the bits get bigger and it ends in this very grandiose closer um and nice. if you only got if you're like if if you know you're listening on Sirius and only track 7 comes up there might be some callbacks that you don't understand Right. Yeah, there might yeah, be things yeah. happening that you're like, I don't really get why he's talking about this, but if you listen to it, it's meant to be listened to as a whole, yeah. not to say that you can enjoy individual bits. Of course you can, but I built this album to be an album. Yeah. And I'm proud of that. Even if that's not the direction that things are going, people are like, ah, singles, dude, singles all day. That's all you need. Yeah. No, there's a place so. for that. It's just, it's just not as satisfying.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think, I think ideally talking about things that come out of the pandemic, I think a return to craftsmanship in a lot of ways has been really a cool thing to come out of this is like people doing things they like to do. And you see it on TikTok. you see it on, you know, people are doing what they like to do. People are appreciating long form. Like I said, vinyl is now very expensive. Um, so that's a commitment, you know, to, to put on a record. Um, so I don't know. I think we're, we're it in a lot of ways. I said not too long ago, I like, I was like, it feels like the seventies, like in, the, in the way some of the shit is going like, Hey, maybe I'll make my own soap. You know, like fuck these people. Like I just paid, I think $30 for a thing of toilet paper. And I was like, what is going yep. on? Like, yep. you know, like, a, and you could be out shaving a
1: tree with a toothbrush right now and just using <laughs> that bark to exactly. clean your asshole every I just day. A,
0: I just got a bidet. I'm done. I'm just going to, Yep, there of, you go.
1: It's over. Game over. It. We're like, never gonna see Matt again.
0: You're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna screw me again, you bastards. But it's just like <laughs> um Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like a return to classics or something in some ways, might be just our style for you know fellows like yourself and, and I.
1: Yeah. I mean, my thing is just I like I I mean I like putting out a lot of shit, but I also like really doing the work to put out something that shows. This took time and effort and thought, and it is – it didn't just come out one day out of of a single idea, but it kept – it really – you took the time to create and craft something that is special, and hopefully that will speak to people, and, you know, if if it does, great. If it doesn't, I had a fucking good time doing it, so – you know what else can you really do and i'll keep yeah i'm going to keep putting out my my little instagram clips every day and stuff like that too that's yeah. not over you know but i like to be like i always like to say i'm always working on something bigger that you, so for people that are really fans to consume you know it might not be for the everyday person to listen to me do 60 minutes but for fans to listen to what I, what I put into this album and how the growth of me as a comedian and a human, I think is very apparent when you listen to this.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to check it out, man. I really, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. I, uh, it's just great to see you and great to like see you, you know, evolve and, and watch the way you navigate this business because it's, uh, it's insane. It's an insane yeah, man.
1: <laughs> Everything. It's you know one of the things I have I've had to learn the biggest lessons of a, of a, of a, uh, during the pandemic. You have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to pivot. This is if you are in entertainment, the world it, it used to change every twenty or thirty years. Well, now we got a VHS tapes to worry about. Now we got DVDs. Now the people aren't going to the movies. They're making better TV. Well, now every six days, it seems there's a new way, but there's a new platform that you got to get on this thing right now. I swear to God, you are missing out. You are leaving money on the table, whatever it may be. And yes, you have to adapt, but you also have to go at a speed that doesn't kill you in the process. Every time somebody says, this is how I did it. So this is how you did it. Listen, it's great if that method worked for you. Yeah, But it's not going to work for the next 10,000 people that try it necessarily. Or maybe only a few will figure it out like you did and Strike Gold. You know, people go, well, I mean, look at, you know, look at podcasting. I mean, if you started that 10 years ago, yeah, maybe, Maybe. (laughs) but (laughs) maybe maybe not. Like you just, I just, I very much learned follow your heart and whatever feels good to do, just put your effort toward that and let people find it and come to you. Like, do your best to put it out there so it is visible. But at a certain point, you only have so much control. And you can say, things are going to go viral all day, or you're going to do this, 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 and this to make sure that you have... But like, you just have to, you know, like you said, you just keep going. And, I, you know...
0: Even the viral thing is so interesting, right? Because if you went viral on Vine, who gives a shit at this point? Yeah. It, it helped like yeah. two or three people. And, you know, TikTok is big right now. And I hope that the people that do go viral and continue to make good content can build a career out of it. But that'll be a small percentage, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, take what comes at you and do what you like. And, and I don't know. It's brutal. Dude. It's crazy. I mean,
1: yes, it it is. It is. But also like it kind of like there was a thing that kind of changed
0: me on social
1: media. I watched this one documentary. um, One of the ones that was just kind of like, is social media good for us? Can it really help you grow? All this stuff. And one of the facts I got out of it, there are 40 million Instagram accounts that have 1 million or more followers. And to me, that's liberating. Yeah. That goes then who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I've told some people that I go, that's so depressing. And I'm like, why they're like, because there's that many people out there that are doing better than me. I'm like, that's the wrong attitude. The attitude is do what you want. Hopefully it works out. None of this really matters. I God, man, I, I think about this all the time. If social media went away completely tomorrow, Who are you as a person?
0: Yeah,
1: What do you do? Who like there's so many people that like that is their entire existence is what they have built of themselves online. If it went away, what are you doing? You know, and me personally, I could say I'm going out to the comedy clubs. I'm getting (laughs) on stage. I'm going on tour. I'm writing books. I'm making albums. I don't know how I'm going to promote them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm still gonna keep doing the shit that I would do anyway, and I would spend a lot less time looking at my
0: goddamn phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just blindly sucking it in. Yeah.
1: Oh well, I'll suck it in all day, dude. You got something <laughs> for me to suck on right now? That's my
0: daily lollipop. I'm stuck on <laughs> <laughs> the daily lollipop. So, uh, listen, man, I'm gonna wrap it up. I've, I've got to get in, but. Uh, this is yeah, so you got a
1: kid that needs you to appreciate his art a little bit more.
0: I know, right? He was pissed. <laughs> um, I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. I'm really excited for you. And uh, I'll put all the show notes in and, and links to all your stuff and um, anything else you want to send people to or alert people to or, or plug. Yeah, I mean,
1: hoopercomedy.com is all my tour dates and my website, and you get a free guide on how to throw a roast and roast your friends. So hoopercomedy.com and then at Hooper Hair on all social media. And the album Calm Down Peasants, my sophomore album, comes out February 25th through a special thing record. So pre- please pre order it. Um, that's all I can say is I know you could stream it for free, but like I do, I give so much out for free. Yeah. If you could please spend $10 on this, it would really mean a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right yeah, I do. Yeah. That's all.
0: That's good. Perfect. Well, I'm again, man, very much appreciate your time and, and taking the time to chat. Oh, I'm you're psyched. too, Matt. I'm psyched. We got to pull it together and, uh, can't wait to hear the record, dude. Let's catch up soon. A couple months when you're, uh, doing you. something else. Cool. And we can chat about yep. that. You're
1: the best, dude. Thank you so much.
0: No worries.